what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Oh, man. This is a deep word, but it is a real word. So... This might be one that you just want to receive and listen and let it get into your soul. And then later, maybe you can go back and take notes. But it's definitely one that you want to bring before God. So here is the topic. Are you ready? Whew! I really need to do my best to say it like I felt it, say it like I received it. So here it is. Don't waste your oil. Don't waste your oil. Now, A lot of you probably already know what that means, but we often, by many reasons, for many reasons, create something God doesn't want us to create, right? And really, (laughs) we, we might even say that it's our own dreams a lot of times, right? But if God exists to fulfill your dreams, then you're using him really, when he wants to use you. Oh man, I hope you catch it. If God exists to fulfill your dreams, then you're using him when he put you on the earth to use you. Whew! Okay, so this is all about navigating the king's way. All right, we're talking about King Jesus here. So I am using the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, And really, this example, I think, really brought a lot of healing when I wasn't ready to move into the future or accept what was happening in my life. And for you, this could be relational, this could be work, this could be with yourself. But just listen from whatever it speaks most to. So essentially, Samuel was in this position where he was really mourning Saul, right? He was mourning that Saul wasn't changing. He could see potential. He could see the investment that he's made there. And he was mourning the fact that this was a dead situation. And so it's actually in 1 Samuel. Let me pull it up here. 1 Samuel 16, where the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king, which we later find out is David. And here's the thing. Teaser, spoiler alert. David is a better king than Saul. So the underlying message that I have for you today are that God's dreams, God's plans, God's call on your life is greater than anything that you could ever come up with. Okay? So it gets better. (laughs) This navigating the little valley that we're going to go through here is rough, but it gets better. That's the encouragement that I have for you. 
So I want to talk about this a little bit. Frustration seems like a pandemic, okay? And it seems like it's on the rise. If we check in with somebody, if we ask them how they're doing, if we even check in with ourselves, we're frustrated, we're overwhelmed, we're stressed out, we're anxious, right? But where's the joy at? Where's the hope at? Where's the anticipation of good? Where's that at, right? And really, frustration is just failed expectations, okay? So check that out. We have this expectation of something and then it doesn't happen. And then it's really a string of failed expectations that leads to disappointment. And if that disappointment isn't checked, it can lead to depression. Not the clinical diagnosed kind, but a state that just can't seem to lift, right? So really what we need to learn how to do is adjust our focus and move on from the life that we thought we wanted so that we can have and really embrace and show up fully in the life that God planned, okay? So here's the thing. (laughs) We need to learn how to manage what we don't see coming because something is going to happen that we don't expect. If it hasn't happened to you yet, it will happen. Something will inevitably happen in your life that you didn't see coming, that you didn't expect, and it's going to feel like you're blindsided, okay? And that's not, you know, speaking death or cursing over you by any means, but it's a reality check. There is going to be things that happen in life that we didn't see coming and that we didn't expect, but... Although we're surprised, although we might be blindsided, although we might take be taken back by them, God is not surprised. It didn't catch God off guard, and he knows how to work with that, okay? But we need to learn how to manage what we don't see coming. This is a really, really big deal, and I'm going to give you some context for that. So I know <laughs> in my own personal experience that... I didn't grow up with a legacy of faith, and that's not an excuse by any means, but what that does mean is that I didn't have good orderly direction, meaning I trusted my own logic and understanding. I leaned on my own understanding, which the word tells us not to do. I let life experience teach me. The school of hard knocks taught me a lot of things, (laughs) which is where wisdom comes from. But I didn't know you could just ask for it and God would give it to you. That seems like a much better route to me in hindsight. So at any rate, I didn't take God's instruction, right? And even prior to knowing God, right? Intuition, really Holy Spirit leadership if we're real, right? But I didn't take God's instruction, okay? And so I had to have experience and negative experiences a lot of time to learn about God's character and his goodness. If I wasn't going to listen to good orderly direction and get divine wisdom and instruction in my life, life experience was often, time and time again, what God used to help me learn about his character and his goodness, okay? But I'm holding that up because that doesn't have to be the path, but remember, We need to learn how to manage what we don't see coming because something is going to happen that we don't expect. So I'm sharing that because those experiences were what was helping me learn how to manage what I didn't see coming. In all those experiences, I didn't see a lot of things coming. (laughs) 
right? But it was God's character, his goodness that got me through all of those. So talk about that for building faith, okay? Now, what I also know is that those that are spiritually immature, so to speak, like myself in those experiences, stay in crisis and under pressure because that's how they learn to stay committed. Did you catch that? Oh my goodness. The immature stay in crisis or under pressure because that's how they learn to stay committed. Unless they are under pressure, unless they are in a crisis, they will not learn how to submit to God, how to cry out to God, how to depend on God, how to let go of idols, how to really evolve in their reliance on God, okay? So let that be motivation to mature. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Let that be motivation to mature, okay? And a lot of times in life, just picture a young child, right? When a young child wants his or her way, there is a manipulation that can happen, right? Like it's, if I'm not getting my own way, I'm going to have a temper tantrum. We've all seen this, right? But here's the thing. You can't manipulate God by your mood. Yeah, I'm just going to say la right there. You can't manipulate God with your mood, okay? So what's important to remember is that God has anointed you to go through what you're going through. He's anointed you to do it. And this topic of don't waste your oil, it's all about creating what God wants you to create. So you don't waste your time, your talent, your energy, your focus, right? Your vitality, your joy, everything that's good about you, creating something he never wanted you to create in the first place. So a lot of times what we do though instead is we manipulate God. God, why are you doing this? God, you said, right? But did God really? What is God actually doing here? We don't always know. We're not God. (laughs) So why not, instead of manipulating God with your mood or your emotions, which are very transient, why not trust where he's leading you? Trust his character. Glory in the one that you know. He's a good God. He's not like man, right? So the real question then becomes, Can you move without details? Because that's what it's going to take. Learning how to manage what you don't see coming to a lot of situations looks like moving without knowing the details. Okay? It's one step of obedience at a time, a lot of times. So in the example with Samuel from 1 Samuel 16.1, God is basically asking, will you go to this place that I'm telling you. He also did this to Abraham, if you need another reference. Will you go to this place that I'm telling you, knowing that it's good? You don't know the details. You don't know the journey, really, and what's going to happen along the way, but you know that it's good, and there's a promise connected to it. So will you move without details? And if you can, that's basically saying, I'm going to teach you how to manage what you don't see coming. Okay, and that can be good or bad, by the way, but it's just important to develop dependency on God. That's essentially what I'm saying here. We need to learn how to manage what we don't see coming, which means we need to learn how to depend on God for all of life, whether we're abased or abounding, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's heavy, whether it's light, whether it's 
really exciting and wonderful, whether it's really hard and crushing. We need to learn how to manage what we don't see coming because life is full of this surprise, this wonder, this mystery. And we're not always going to, we can't control it, basically. We can't see what's coming all the time. We can see glimpses, but even then we don't know all the details. We know and prophesy in part, right? So use this example. What was is Saul. Saul represents in our life our past. What's to come, our future, is David. And David is a better king than Saul. So take that into consideration. What is ahead is greater than anything that is behind you. Okay? So let that be your motivation to release what's behind you. That's my encouragement today. Release what is behind you. Release what's behind you. A great song. I'm thinking of Tasha Cobbs right now. She sings about how God's about to blow your mind. <laughs> He's getting ready to blow your mind. Okay. So think about that in a good way, in the best way possible. And this, this is what really you need to convince yourself that what you thought you wanted is really not as good as what God creates for you, what God's plan is for you, because God gives you what you really need, not what you really want. And just think again about a child having a temper tantrum. We don't give a child all this candy and soda and bad food because we don't want their teeth to rot, them to be on a sugar high and to develop bad habits that will, you know, have consequences later. (laughs) So we give them the nutrients and the discipline and the self-control that they really need. God's a good father. He operates very similar, right? I know that's a silly example, but you get it. So God's pick for you, God's plan for you, God's dream for you is always better than the one you pick, you plan, you dream for yourself. Don't believe me? Let me back it with some Bible. Ready? All right. This one is from 1 Corinthians 2.9. I hath not seen nor ear heard, but As it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Case in point, God's got a better plan. (laughs) God's got a better dream. God's got a better way of getting you there than you do. Okay? The problem, the opportunity, is to recognize that often we've fallen in love with an inferior thing. We've fallen in love with our plan. We've fallen in love with our dreams and our logic and our way of getting there. And this is not a willpower journey. This is not a hustle your way to the top like the world will often tell you, right? This is a surrender. This is a trust. This is a steady reliance on God, okay? So my hope for you would be that you would have the grace to let go of whatever it is that can't come with you, that you would really accept your life now. Maybe it's not the way you thought it was going to be, but you would accept your now and that you would stop wasting your energy and your oil in fighting without God and let God lead you. And I'm going to give you some motivation (laughs) to support this grace. Here are three potential risks if you don't do this, okay? Because sometimes the pain of where we are, if that becomes so strong, 
then we'll actually let go and move forward. If the motivation, if the vision isn't clear about where we're going, because a lot of times that's like a magnet that moves us forward. But if we don't have that vision, if we don't see, you know, Habakkuk, if we haven't written the vision, we don't see it, it's not plain to us yet. That's really difficult to allow a future vision to move us forward if we don't see it. And if you haven't cultivated this reliance on God, it can be really difficult to let go of the past because there isn't that trust that God is good. There isn't that trust of his character, of his nature, of his faithfulness. So if that is where you are, sometimes it really just takes the awareness of the pain and needing to release the pain because the pain will crush you and kill you and hold you back. And that's just not okay, right? So sometimes the awareness of the pain will be a motivation and your fuel if you use it well, right? And surrender that to God. So here are three things that you risk if you don't leave Saul, leave the dead thing and choose your David and move ahead. If you don't release your plan for God's plan, if you keep trying to fight your way versus the king's way, basically waste your oil. If you keep deciding to waste your oil, this is what could happen. Number one, you can dip into depression. Okay, and again, this isn't the clinically diagnosed kind, but this is really coming from or stemming from an inability and unwillingness to accept your new normal, to accept what's happening right now, right? Here's the thing. A lot of times it's not what happens to us that's the issue. It's the story that we tell ourselves because of what happened. So what the enemy often tries to do is he tries to create an event that's going to kill, steal, and destroy you, (laughs) right? Whether it's getting your mind to tell you a new narrative about your future, whether it's getting your emotions all cut up, whether it's breaking your heart and just debilitating you. But what happens is we we tell ourselves this story And we paralyze ourselves in a lot of ways because we develop this inability and unwillingness to accept what's happening. So an example, I had been in a really, really traumatic relationship, something that I had never seen, witnessed, experienced in my entire life. It actually led to my salvation experience because it just completely knocked the wind out of me. And so I went on a healing journey I was actually in a ministry called Celebrate Recovery, which radically changed my life leading in that ministry and being around people that have hurts, habits, and hangups, you know? <laughs> it made me recognize that we all have those, and I'm not alone in this. And it was very powerful. So I went on this Christ-centered recovery program because of a heartbreak, and it was absolutely insane. But that's really how I learned to rely on God. But what was happening after that process, this is... That's not even the beautiful part. So I was tempted to dip into depression after the healing journey because I went on, it was close to two years, definitely a year and a half, maybe two years of just being in a silent season with God. Literally, I was just learning how to read the word, letting that become active for me, learning how to hear God's voice, starting to pray, starting to be involved in ministry and really stand in a gap with other people and pray for them and seeing some really incredible things. But it was a lonely season and it was a hard season and it had a lot of questions for me connected to it. Like, God, this is not 
where I thought I was going to be, God, this does not feel good. God, how long is this going to be? Do you have, you know, a good relationship for me? Like what, what's happening, right? Like why? So in the middle, like at the very end of that season, like at the two year mark, I met and developed a relationship that was amazing. However, about a year and a half into that relationship, I was completely blindsided. And if I'm real, I was angry. I was angry because I didn't see it coming. I thought I'd develop wisdom and discernment. I thought that God was in this, <laughs> right? Um, so it was, it was so frustrating, right? What I was telling you, just this failed expectation that this next time that I decide to open my heart, that I decide to trust again, that I decide to get into a relationship, it's going to be the real deal, right? If I'm going to risk all of that again, it's it's got to be good. It's got to be God, right? So the problem was how traumatic this one was to me. Totally different, not even comparative to what I what I came out of, but completely traumatizing as far as being blindsided, not knowing how to navigate it. It was very wild territory, which I'll share more on at another time. But I was not willing to accept that. I was not willing to trust God with it. And really, the story that I started to tell myself was not a good one. And if I did not learn how to manage that, what I didn't see coming, it would have been a hot freaking mess. <laughs> There's no way that I would be where I am today. And so I just wanted to give you that example that that is a very real thing. And I knew that if I didn't trust God with that, that if I didn't remind myself that I was anointed to walk through that and that God was trusting me with that situation and that relationship, if I didn't try to protect myself and, you know, really just create something out of my own need to protect myself and really just guard my heart or just take it into my own understanding, if I didn't surrender what I thought was going to happen, what I thought I was ready for, what I thought I deserved, if I didn't surrender that, I was going to waste my oil and I was going to dip into depression and I knew that. So a huge huge, huge, huge lesson is you really, really need to realize that if you don't surrender your soul, you are at risk for dipping into depression. If you don't surrender the dead thing, because what God was really doing, just for context, God was still trying to work out my fears of failure in relationship and my expectations of anticipating bad things to happen. God was trying to work that out of me. God was renewing my mind. God was healing my heart. God was taking me out of the patterns of dysfunction that ran in my family line. God was breaking generational curses. It was insane what was happening there. But if I would have run from that, man, or if I would have made it about me, I would have dipped into depression and I would have stayed there and it could have taken me out. So that's a huge risk, right? Number two is you'll avoid full engagement. If you fail to really rely on God and trust that he is more for you and that his plan is better than your plan, you'll avoid full engagement. What do I mean by that? You will, here's the thing, we we throw ourselves into things 
completely when we believe in it, right? But we don't go all in after we've had these strings of disappointment. We show up differently. We lose our glow. We use that we lose that light. Our fire is not a full flame, right? It's barely flickering after disappointment. So with purpose though, you've got to throw the best of yourself at it. It requires all of you. And to to really get over a past or to leave your soul the best thing that you can do is to create an amazing future. And Joseph in Genesis, I think it's Genesis 41. I don't know the address off the top of my head. (laughs) But the story of Joseph, he's a perfect example of how he got over all of these disappointments by trusting that God had a good plan ahead of him and devoted his time to creating this better future wherever he was. So he was really ready for the palace because he believed in this future while he was in the pit, right? So avoiding full engagement is something that will happen and you rob yourself of the best of all that you are and what you carry when you don't show up fully. You rob yourself because you essentially train yourself to show up half, half, right? With little bits, like you sort of care, but not really, like you're not all in. And so that is not a good habit to teach yourself because you will never experience the best of you or what God has for you when you show up that way. And that is not a good pattern to teach yourself at all. And lastly, when we (laughs) fall in love with the inferior in our plans and don't trust God with his great plan, we forfeit our favor. We're at risk of forfeiting our favor. And what does that mean? Favor is really this unexplainable, undeserved, John 5 preferential treatment. And John 5 is an example. This is when essentially Jesus goes to the healing pool and heals this man. Do you want to be whole, right? So this is undeserved, unexplainable preferential treatment. And we forfeit that because we won't offer up our Isaac. We won't surrender our dream. We won't surrender the way we thought it was supposed to be. We won't surrender these failed expectations. We we just can't let it go. We won't release our grip. And so offering up your Isaac here really means don't forfeit your favor. It means give God your dream. Give God your disappointment. Give God your expectations and your failed expectations. And if you give all of that up, God will raise you up. His plan, his name, who God is, is far greater than anything you dare ask, think, or imagine. So this message, yes, it's about the encouragement, the reminder, basically the warning to to not waste your oil, but it's also about the grace to let go. God has given you the grace to let go, but there's an acceptance, there's a surrender, there's some action on your part to really step into the new. Okay, so my hope for you (laughs) is that you'll realize that there's a lot at stake if you don't surrender Saul, if you don't believe that God is good and that's what out what's out ahead of you is far greater than anything that's behind you and that David is a better king than Saul. Your future is not worth wasting and you're at the risk of dipping into depression, avoiding full engagement and forfeiting your favor if you stay where you are. 
if you stay frustrated, if you stay navigating in your own way. You also risk experiencing a lot of crises in these high intensity, high pressure situations simply because that's what God knows will get you to rely on him. But that doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be the school of hard knocks. It doesn't have to be that way. So I hope this message blessed you. It's a loaded one. Maybe a good thing to do is go listen to Tasha Cobbs right now (laughs) about how God's going to blow your mind. But seriously, praise praise is a battle cry, right? Praise is basically what leads to breakthrough in a lot of ways. God encompasses, right? He just invades the praises of his people. God is invited into your life when you praise him. So that could be a great strategy. I don't know who that's for, but you're welcome. (laughs) And if you guys want some other great resources, you can visit julianapage.com. There's a lot of great content on there. You can also follow me on Instagram at Page. We have a private Facebook group, which is really for the spirit crew here that loves this kind of content on Facebook. It's Spirit-Filled Real Talk with Juliana, so you can go find it there, and I'll accept you into that group. And if you could do your girl a solid, go over to Apple Podcasts, find Spirit-Filled Real Talk with Juliana, and rate it or listen to a podcast episode and give me some feedback. I'd love to hear from you. I'd also love some requests of what might be helpful for you to hear. So do me a solid. You can do that over on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And until next time, guys, stay blessed.